Hi, and welcome back to CEO Academy. My name is Olivia Milliner. And I'm Emma Bywater. This is a place for girls to learn from accomplished and inspiring women who are changing the world. Tune in weekly to hear from strong and empowered women who are leading the force for change. We are so excited to have you and we hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to CEO Academy. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Sydney Tetro. Sydney is the founder of SheTech, which is an organization that aims to um, teach young girls about STEM and get them interested in the technology field. Um, She's a wonderful role model, and we are so happy to have her here with us today. So welcome, Sydney. Thanks. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, We'll just start off asking you kind of like, what is your professional background? What exactly do you do on a day-to-day basis, kind of? Okay, so my background is definitely in technology. I did my undergrad in computer science, and then I did my MBA. But today I am running an e-commerce company called Brandless. And my day looks, it's super fun, and it's also a little crazy. So every 30 minutes, I end up doing something different, which I really like. So sometimes it looks like, how do I go get this deal done? Or how do I make this partnership? Or how do I go solve this problem inside the company? Or how do I think about a new product that we should launch? So it's always different. For me, that's really fun because you get to use different parts of your brain and you get to think about different things, but it's all about how you grow. That's awesome. So cool. That's amazing you did computer science as your undergrad. I thought about that. And that's so hard. That's amazing. (laughs) But you can do it. You know, it is, you know, I, but when I went to college, I decided, I thought originally I was going to go into engineering. So I went to school on an electrical engineering scholarship. And then um, after my first semester, I decided that I'd switch over to computer science because the thing that I knew is if I could learn how to build stuff and the theory underneath how you architect and solve problems, that I would find really interesting ways for that to be applied so that I could build things throughout my career. And I didn't know where that would take me, but I knew that that degree would lend itself that way. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, So what sort of like got you interested in the technology field and what like made you want to like go into tech? Yeah, this is a, that's a great question. So when I was in high school, um, I like, for me, so math was definitely a thing that I always kind of leaned into, but I got exposure when I was in high school into computers and technology. And it happens that when I was a senior in high school, I took a job as a software tester for a technology company. And that probably was the one thing that was my biggest catalyst into tech because I saw how you could solve problems, how I could test things, how I could um, meet people in the technology. And really from the moment that I had the opportunity to work in tech at a young age, it really just set me on that path. Wait, okay, that's amazing. Where did you go to college? Are we okay to ask that? So, yeah, totally. I went to BYU okay. and I did my, I did my undergrad. I did my major in computer science and I actually did my minor in dance because I really, really loved dance. And, you know, and I was like, oh, and so I ended up with like, you know, I was only one of three women in computer science. And then the opposite thing was true in the dance classes. So I have like these two extreme of what those mixes were. And then I did my graduate degree. I did my master's in business administration. And I did that at BYU also. Okay. Oh, I love that. It's like two diverse majors that probably just, yeah. kind of, you like learn different things. That's awesome. That uses like all sides of your brain. You're like, oh, too much math over here. Okay. I'll go dance over here. I can yeah. get those two sides. Oh, that's so cool. Did you love going to BYU? I did. It was a great experience. 
I know. We're like just having our, MBA, or our college applications. And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a yeah. lot, but it's, it looks like right. fun. Yeah, you're in those years, that final year where you're like, okay, where should I go and how should I architect? I think wherever you go, you just totally embrace the experience that is college and the opportunity to learn and then create just a really great career path from that. Yeah. So um, obviously technology today is in everything, like no matter what field you go into, there's a tech aspect. So do you think that like you need to be really, really good at math or science in order to like go into the tech field? Yeah, so I teach this all the time, right? That technology is part of every industry. Like whatever you're passionate about, whatever either of you really love, tech's going to be a part of it. That's just the world we live in today. And there are roles in technology for really every skill set. The cool part about tech and the, and the jobs in tech are they pay more than the, in, the industry averages, right? They usually pay like 139% of normal. And there's ways for whatever your skill sets are to apply to tech. Because we need everyone from designers and project managers and marketers and creative people and people who are really good at making things happen and product developers. So if you don't want to be a developer for your entire career, you don't have to be. But the more that you understand the terminology and technology and how the skills that you do have can be applied there, the faster you can accelerate a career path. So as an example, you know, if you really love like user interaction, meaning like on this device, Right, like what's the user experience? What makes someone want to use? Like, why are so many people use TikTok? Right? How easy is it for them to use it? How does how does all of that adoption happen? You can use your skill set not just to engineer that, but to actually make it so people want to use those. So you just have to find a way to think about what you love and then apply that into technology to be able to pathway in. You don't have math does not have to be your favorite subject, but problem solving has to be a thing that you really love to do. That's true. Problem solving. I never like that. Yeah, I've never really thought about it in that way. Like you just have to want to fix things. You don't have to be good at math because I think that's a lot like what I know I struggle with a little bit like math because mm-hmm. I've sort of struggled with it. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you don't necessarily, and I mean, a big part of math is problem solving. That's kind of like the whole point, but like, right. but it's just sort of interesting to like, look at it from a different way. Yeah. I'm sorry, you can totally myself. No, you can. Go ahead. It's like technology and everything in the world is advancing. That technology is only going to become a bigger part of companies and a bigger part of the business world. I think So it's a smart idea to kind of get educated in tech because as the world evolves, you think it'll become more of a bigger industry. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Whether So at the shoe tech event that we had in, in April, I had one of the women who helped put Perseverance on Mars right? She's awesome, right? She works in with NASA and she spent her whole career there. But then I had another woman who is the head of um, technology at Estee Lauder, which is a complete makeup and beauty company, right? And she's thinking all the time about how those brands go digital. And then I had another woman who is the um, who works in technology and data over one of the Coca-Cola bottling companies, right? And she's thinking about like how to like for me, like, how do I get that Diet Coke, right? And how does it, you know, what is that whole manufacturing process? So there's just tech in so many things that if you figure out how you problem solve, you can really find every industry that is digitally enabled and that's tech. I'll tell you the other cool thing about tech. It is that one of these industries where I can work from home and still raise a family um, if I need to, and I can sometimes work from a soccer field or the dance competition or whatever it is my family needs me to do. 
and still and still be part of um, doing my career. That doesn't exist in all industries, but tech has, tech has this flexibility that's really unique to our industry that lets you accomplish the things that are important to you. Oh, that's that's important. I love that. So, do you think that since you are able to do both and kind of live uh, your kind of normal life as well, incorporating your career, that have you seen the role of women change in technology over the years? So the role of you know women is has now for a number of decades, right, been on this changing path. But, you know, women make up 50% of our workforce. So 50% of the people who work are women. And in technology, it's only about 24%. So fewer women work in technology, but they're also higher paying jobs. And so the more that we can help young women and young people see their opportunity in tech, um, and especially for young women, the more we can change so that 50% of technology is made up of women because it's 50% of our workforce. It also means that the way that we think about the world, we get to influence how we problem solve. We get to influence how applications are built and how people use it and the problems that we solve that help make people better. And we want those teams to have that equal representation because it really makes a difference when we build stuff. Yeah. And that's a big part of, um, like I've had the opportunity to like participate in a few she tech events. And, um, that's like a big part of, um, what she tech is all about. Right. Yep. Basically we want, that's exactly what we want to have happen. And so, you know, you get, you guys are thinking about this already and it's really cool that we get, as you get equal representation, we just solve problems better because we get many perspectives around the table and that's what we need to solve big problems in the world. Yeah. Um, so earlier you said that you were one of three women in your, um, in your graduate like computer science degree at BYU. Um, what was that like for you? Like, just, yeah, it's, it's a good question. You know, it's interestingly one of those things that I never thought much about. So, and it, I believe some of that was because I had this other extreme happening in my minor, right? Where there were like these classes on the two kind of opposites, but I have just been really a believer in things that like, we can do anything. And even when things are hard, we can figure out how to do it. And I ended up with a lot of mentors and people around me who were my cheerleaders who helped me. And to be honest, most of them were men because that's what my ecosystem was made of. My entire career in college, I also worked in technology. So I had this benefit of having a bunch of people who believed in me for my work job and then being in my classes. And then I had this nice balance. And I really believe it made my computer science classes feel less crazy because I had these classes where there were 90% women. And so I had this interesting balance that most, not everyone gets, um, but I had those three elements that really worked together and it didn't mean it wasn't hard. Like I remember going into my junior year of college going, oh, do you think I can do this? This is really, really hard. Um, and do I, am I going to go take, write that operating system and do the database class and do all of those? And I knew one thing that I'm really glad that I reflected on, which was if I got my computer science degree, it would open doors um, that I would be able to leverage. And I knew even going through computer science, I wasn't going to end up coding for my whole career. Like I knew that on day one, but I also knew that those classes would enable an entire other way of a career path that I wanted to do. That's great. That's so cool. So I was talking to a friend recently, he's doing a computer science degree at BYU and he was saying, world, or like 
throughout the country that there's many girls like they face challenges within the computer science and a lot of them can't and don't end up graduating. So did that ever happen at BYU where you did lots of people drop out or not even just girls, but men too? It's just so hard. Yeah. I think the stat that we've tracked at the Women Tech Council has been like 40% of women drop out in that sophomore, junior year of their computer science or technical degrees for all sorts of reasons. It heavily leans into lack of role models and mentors because you really do need people around you who, when it's really hard, they're like, you're amazing. You've got this, you can make it happen. And then you need to see people who came through the other side of that hard part and were successful. So I think we have to do, we have a lot more to do to help young women, especially in those STEM degrees, like in those moments when it's hard and you're like, do I really want to take this class? Am I going to get through it? That you have people to lean on that are just helping you champion to success. Okay. So role models are very important as yeah. cheerleaders. Um, yes. So you said, so there's like what, 24% of women in this technology field, is that you said? Mm-hmm. Have you faced yeah. any times of like, not barriers against your gender, but like lots of different difficulties or people kind of being gender biased towards you and having to overcome challenges in that because they're like in that field or no? Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, the nature of the industry, it has had many complexities around that, right? Where you're, you know, there are fewer women in those fields. I have had the opportunity to have a lot of great champions to help me build that. And I think that's really, really important. You have, to, you have to be really careful about making sure you head into environments where you know they're going to champion success. Companies, and the coolest part today too is as you guys enter tech field, it doesn't look anything like it did 20 years ago. Like you're going into an environment where everyone wants you to be wildly success- successful and they're going to do everything possible for that to be true. So that's really, really cool. So while you know, plenty of us have had like ups and downs and navigation and been the only woman in the room, it's changing and it will change faster. Now, um, I think one of the places where I see it, it also even changing is I've raised money for some companies. And six years ago, when I was raising money, it was a lot harder than it is today. Um, and so there's dynamics that are changing that are making it easier for you to have capital, to have more women in the room and programs that are really focused on how do you make inclusive environments that champion all the ideas and how do we and how do we lean into that? So I've had lots of great opportunities, um, and I tend to take whatever comes at me and be like, okay, I'm just gonna like find great ways to move through this, and I'm gonna work with really good people. And if I don't work with good people, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That's important. My dad always says, like, the people you surround yourself with, you gotta like run with the stallions, run with people that are gonna help you be successful. So that's right. It, it, we really can't do it by ourselves. You need people around you. It's the reason, like in the Women Tech Council community, I'm always like, we're your community. Like we want to champion all of you women to success, all of you young girls in she tech, because we know how powerful your talent is. And all of us need that. All of us need a group of people who just believe in us and think that we can accomplish great things. And if we are that for other people and we create that and we find that for ourselves, we really do become successful. Yeah, I love that. I... I totally agree with you, hundred um, percent. So obviously, like technology, like especially in like the last ten years, it has like expanded so much. Like ten years ago, you never would have thought that you could like order dinner on your phone or like like cryptocurrency. It's just like so much crazy stuff is happening. So I'd be interested to know like what you personally think, like where what the next 
crazy thing is that we won't be able to believe and like how we can make sure that we like keep up with it and like know know how to navigate it so we can like be successful be successful with it and things like that yeah so for me, like watching innovation trends and participating on like the bleeding edge of tech has always been part of me. So I, I had an opera, I worked for six years at Disney in Imagineering. And during my time at Disney, the, the division that I was in was all about working on technology challenges that would impact the Disney company over the next decade. So we would think about things like robotics, computer vision, AI, all of these really big, and they're really hard problems to solve. They take really smart people. Um, to solve these problems. And so when I think about these waves of innovation, we're at the very, very early stages of artificial intelligence, but it's going to really be about like what I call automation and experience. We all want great experiences, right? And we're willing actually to pay a premium for really great experiences, whether it's in environments or with brands. And so what we're going to see is, and COVID accelerated this, the pandemic did, where we all go digital first, we want the digital touch point first, and then we want a great experience. And we want to create human connection in the places that matters, but in the place, not in the places that don't. So we're going to see mass evolution coming, I think, in robotics. Um, like you think about the shortage of workers in every restaurant that you go to, the reason the line's really long. The only way we're going to solve that are in acceleration of robotics. Robotics, manufacturing, and 3D printing, we're going to see huge evolutions. And then how customer experience really transforms so that digital and intelligence takes care of everything. It doesn't require deep human connection. That's and pretty soon we're probably going to, you know, like beam ourselves to another planet. That will also be great. Yeah. That's crazy. I like, I'd like come sooner than we think it would. Probably oh, totally. When we were talking to um, the woman from NASA, right. And we were talking, she's, she put perseverance on Mars. When we had this whole conversation, she and I did about, you know, this fact that we're going to go put colonies on Mars and they're going to go figure out how to get oxygen out of the water that's frozen on that planet and create a, a colony there. Okay, that's amazing, right? And that's one of the things the, that Perseverance is doing is it's going to like crawl over there and it's going to find those samples and we're going to figure out how to extract the oxygen so you could survive on that planet. And those are like transformational things. The fact that we could probably all in our lifetimes go to space and like be in outer space, like it's just so cool. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. The other day I read this article, like they 3d printed like a bunch of homes for impoverished, impoverished people in Mexico. And I was just like, wow, that's like crazy. That's just so crazy to think that now we're printing houses. But like, yeah, I completely, so one of my previous startups was a 3d printing startup. So I totally love 3d printing. <laughs> we can make you Iron Man, but one of the, the projects of a guy that I met, he had created a project in the Sudan where a bunch of people, um, where the mines had made a bunch of people amputees. So they actually took a 3D printer in and in children um, doing prosthetics is super expensive because they grow. And so there was this kid named Daniel over there where they took a 3D printer, they went in and they measured him and they 3D printed hands for him while they were there. And it was the first time he'd been able to feed himself in two years because he didn't have any arms. And so when you think about this like opportunity for things like 3D printing, to completely transform the world where we can go into a country like the Sudan and give people a 3D printer and a computer and a scanner, and they can actually make prosthetics for the people who need them on the ground. It's economical. It allows them to become humans that live a better quality of life. It is very transformational for people all over the world where technology is headed. 
that that just like gives me so much hope for the future because I feel like we have we have lots of problems we need to solve but like hearing things like that just makes you feel better about it well that's how that's how cool technology is right that it can be you can make the economics work so that someone can help themselves and we don't have to do it from all one place because that's the hardest part, right? We we want to help people, but we don't know everything they need, but we can empower them to do it themselves. I like that because it's like, sometimes people think that the world, the technology might be doing more doing harm to people, but it's actually doing more good than it is harm, you know? It is so doing more good. That's awesome. I have one question. So you have a family, right? You're kind of... Do you think was navigating working and keeping a family, was that hard at all? Or was that... Because I think lots of people, a lot of girls are like, Oh, I want to be a mom and raise kids, but you can totally do both. And I feel like that may be a stigma that people think only one or the other. So how do you think you balance both of them? You know, I think, so it is always, a, the board balance is very true, right? And I would actually say that you balance on a day-to-day. I think you have to just get really clear about the priorities that you have, and then you make your decisions based on that. So I have three kids, I have two boys and a daughter, and I've worked their entire lives. And I have... I have made decisions that are, I've always tried to make my decisions for my career in alignment with my family. And I've done lots of great things. And my family is also super supportive, but it also means my family has got opportunity to do lots of interesting things. Like, you know, when I worked for Disney, my kids probably went to me with Disney, to Disney World like 14 times, right? Because I got to go work there and they would come and, you know, go experience the parks or do that. Or, you know, a couple summers ago when I'd go speak in London, one of my sons went with me and then we did a day trip to Venice. Like I try to be really good at like bringing my family along. It's actually created lots of cool experiences like that. Um, and my kids have gotten lots of, you know, cool things that they've got to do along the way because of it, but it is still a balance. Um, I make decisions to try to be home like around five so I can be with my kids for dinner and homework and carpool because they don't care if I get online and work again when they go to bed. And that's been one of my patterns forever. When I had my very first child, I negotiated to work from home on Fridays. Today, you have lots more flexibility. You could work home when you know whenever you want. And I work on soccer fields and I work at dance conventions and I go and I only take jobs that I believe support the flexibility that I need for my family because that's really important to me. But I also do make sacrifices myself, meaning I take lots of red-eye flights when I travel to the East Coast because I can do a day trip to New Jersey. Because if I take a red-eye, I can land, go do my meetings and fly back home. And my kids only see me gone for a day. So I will do things that might make me sleep less, but that I think are better for my family along the way because it's important to me. And so I think you can do all of those things that you want. You just have to have a great partner. You have to be willing to prioritize what's important. And then you just have to recognize that some days you do it really well and some days you do it really bad, but you're on this path of just trying to do your best. Oh, that's, I love that. You're just good. Yeah. You got to balance and it'll all work out as I think. And I love that you were, you worked your their whole lives. Like you never, that's so cool. And you're obviously a great mom. So we just have like one last question for you. Um, yes. So what advice would you have for um, specifically girls who are in high school right now, like what classes should they be taking? What should they be doing to like prepare themselves the best they can to have a career in tech or for college and just for the future in general? Yes. So first of all, we need all of them. We need all of you to come into tech. Um, and I, and I think you can really take whatever you love and you can do it. Things that I know you need a mentor and you need to find role models. So you have to get involved in places that support you. And I think you should take, I make all my children take all of the classes, 
right? Every like web class and the computer development classes, I don't need you to take AP computer science, but all of those things that start building the foundation that open your mind to, to problem solving, right? You have digital marketing classes, you have um, commercial marketing classes. I'm a big fan of taking all the business classes and all of those classes that are in the digital space. Because what happens is you find the part that you love. And when you find the part you love, and then you figure out other things you love, you can go into those industries. I'm telling you, if you love sports and technology, there's so many companies solving those problems. If you love healthcare, technology can be a huge part of what you can do. I mean, I in the 3D printing company we built, and we partnered with Marvel and Star Wars and the NFL and Major League Baseball. And so I got to go to everything from the Super Bowl to the World Series to Comic-Con to like all these super cool things because of that intersection of technology and entertainment. So you can do so many cool things. I mean, I would never have gone to Disney had it not been for technology. So you can find really cool things to do. You can solve problems that you are passionate about. And you just need the foundation of how you solve those problems using technology. And then you can apply what you love in those spaces. And we want everyone. So believe in yourself, know that there's so many people championing you and that we would love to champion you to, to make it through those hard times because we believe in the contributions you can make. That's so cool. That, that was so eye-opening to hear more about technology because I never really thought about it. I was more just like, oh, like business, but you can totally tie in both, which I think is so cool. It doesn't have to be just a one track. You can do it all with technology. I made action figures. You can also do anything <laughs> tech. Oh, thank you so much. I learned so much from you and I literally just admire how you've done everything. You've done it so well. You're so. such you're such an amazing role model and we're so grateful you took the time to talk to us. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you're more than welcome.